0: Jay and welcome to another outcast from Ashleyout.com and London Magpie Group. The following recording was made within a car on the way back from the West Ham game, which was unfortunately a loss. Uh, we were joined once again by Bryn and a new addition to the team, Alex. So thanks very much to them for their contributions. The sound quality has suffered a little bit, but their insight and the opinions that they've given have been very valuable and thanks for their time and i hope you enjoy what we have to say a quick reminder for when you're listening to this is to subscribe and to leave a review thanks to everyone who has done so so far Um, we've had some really great feedback and also i believe on anchor you can leave an audio comment so you can respond to any of the questions that we've got and i'll leave you in the capable hands of the lads and my past self
1: Hello, this is Jay, we're back for another Outcast following Newcastle defeat at West Ham. Uh, I'm joined here by Bryn and Alex. are in the car after a much better curry than the game itself.
2: How are you doing, gentlemen? Uh, yes, I enjoyed the curry. Uh, the game was a disappointment.
1: We've come off the back of two victories uh, against Huddersfield and Burnley. Um, quite a different result today. What's been the the difference between the test
3: results? Yeah, I think the team in general today looked quite sluggish, to be honest. I mean, it's always a bit of a cliche never to change a, a winning side, but perhaps, in hindsight, I think you perhaps should have freshened it up today. I think there's a few players out there that didn't look like they had that, um I wouldn't say appetite, because I, I don't think anyone's gone on the pitch and not gave 100%, but they perhaps looked a bit Looked a bit leggy, even in the middle of the park with Longstaff and Hayden as good as they've been playing. Uh, I think the Army was a forced substitution at half-time with Longstaff going up. I think with the Army coming on, he just seemed to make a bit of a difference. But the, the game was already lost then, unfortunately. Yeah, we created a few
2: openings, but uh, we weren't clinical in front of the goal. We uh, wasted some good opportunities, but saw plenty of the ball but uh, their big-name players decided to click on the day, I think, that, uh, that Anderson had a, had a great game. I thought he always looked as if he was going to open us up every time he got the ball. He's, what happens when you pay 30 million for a player, I suppose, and got their other star striker Lanzini back from injury, and he looked really sharp as well. That oh, said, said, I don't think Nebraska was diving around left-right and centre, oh, no. to be honest. Oh, and,
1: it was two uh, fairly routine goals, wasn't it? You had a penalty.
2: Yeah. Uh, which did you get a good view of that? Well, that's a good point about the view. I was about two rows from the back and uh, it's like being at, in level 7 at St James's Park. But uh, worse, because you're, you're further away at Open Park. It's like, it's not it's not as high up level 7 but it's, it's way back and uh, you couldn't really get a good view it looked as if they were, they were, they were going down too easy for me I mean I, I'd, I'd like to see it on uh, on back of the day on a replay and just see just how much he
3: dived and how much contact there was it's probably harsh, harsh to say without seeing it again but it was arguably a silly challenge it wasn't it was through on got one of them as a the keeper if it was he obviously would have seen red. Uh, but so uh, I don't think he could have avoided it. But he'd have risked a good cross going into the box. I think we've had to have dealt
2: with that still. Well, we've defended well in open play, I think. It's just disappointing to lose from two goals from, from the set-pieces. You know, apparently being the easiest one to score from And the corner very disappointing as well. It's almost at a three header the lads who scored. suppose. and Rice. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Lad, he was here, he was as well. I think we
3: seem to have lost a bit of in- invention in, set piece, it? in the set yeah. pieces, you know, at the opposite end. Yeah. I don't think we seem to, more often than not, even though we've got a player in Matt Rich who's probably second to none with his uh, delivery with his left, foot. it seems to be uh, their common theme now is their goalkeeper keeps coming and clutching the ball where they're, they're not working on as much, I'm sure they are. To, uh, you know, oh, and I is. think we've got some big lads, especially if we're playing the three centre halves, and uh, the likes of uh, Longstaff and Hayden, also in the team of Rondon. But I don't think we should be getting there. three headers like that in our, in our box. I think the, the scoreline going against us today perhaps doesn't reflect the kind of. I, mean, I haven't seen the stats, so I'm completely talking twaddle. But the <laughs> I, I, I feel like I got watching the game was we had, we still had plenty of the ball, although in the. In the final third, we perhaps we didn't find that final pass or get a shot off, even though we, would say we were dithering in and, around, in and around the box. But probably got to give some credit to the West Ham defence for staying strong and all getting bodies in the way. And you know where we we perhaps normally get a shot off, and force a save to uh, on the opposition goalkeeper. It was probably a deflection out for a, a corner or a clearance for a throw in. So you've got to give West Ham some some credit there. Um, I thought Al Moran was positive whenever he got the ball fortunately he seems to get it from deep uh, more than anything but he's, he seems to get the ball and he's he's not a headless chicken in a head down run with it way up a blind alley he'll get the ball he'll make you 10 or 20 yards and I wouldn't be surprised if he had one of the best uh, pass completions on the pitch I thought there was always an end product with him whether it was a forward pass to Rondon or a or spraying it out wide to to Richie mainly particularly in the first half or, or finding Perez I'd like to see the Richie and Mankio a bit further up the pitch but I suppose it was uh, you, you got the threat then of their uh, their wide man I think um, Cresswell going off early on for West Ham and the introduction of Masawaku can't go uh, to one uh, notice because I, I don't know if people have seen much of him but I, I rate that Masawaku when he's not spitting at people he's a uh, He's a brilliant dribbler and a, a, a real great, you know, modern day win back comfortable on the ball. And I think he, he improved them. and I think they they came into the game a bit more uh, when he came on. But like I say, I think Richie probably looked a bit leggy. I know he's not the quickest anyway. But obviously he's, he's always 100 there, so you can't give him too much uh, too much stick. And Mankeo is probably a better player on the ball really than the uh, Yedlin, with a you know he perhaps delivers a, a better cross. I'm not saying he's great right delivery, but he probably looks after the ball better. But I think Gedling, you miss his energy. You know, he's, yeah. if someone wants to say he was, he was the fastest player over right, 100 meters in the Premier League, or, or, you know, that's probably believable. He's, he's that, he's that quick. No. But we can't, can't complain too much. about some good results recently, and without yeah. Jinks, anything, it looks like we're going to be safe now. Yeah. All the other results went for us today? But uh, it's a shame you have to look
2: for things like that. You should be uh, surging up the league on your own merits. Really. Do
3: you
1: think that um, the run of good results that we've had probably gone against us in that regard, in the sense that um, there's been a level of expectation or there's been a
3: level of complacency, perhaps? I think yeah. it's just oh, it's it's allegedly the the best league in the world, with the most quality and the most uh, competitive league in the world. I think anybody with the lack of investment we've had in season upon season they can't get too uh, carried away and start to expect to win three or four games on the bounce even if you were lashing loads of cash really so you've got to uh, take one on the chin every now and again especially away from against a team who have uh, probably got a lot more flair than us I mean Chikorito is a good player he's played at the top level Anderson's a couple above everyone else on the pitch I'd say really you know you've got like that bar going out which went on as a substitute you know when people are feeling a bit leggy, it just makes, just makes the difference So, <laughs> like you say a premier league you can't win every match in the premier league you're you gonna lose you,
2: everybody loses <laughs> even man city the other week I was that up not was us
0: Fabian
1: Cher. Well, oh. Fabian Cher. We've talked of, uh, of safety, talk of um, um, winning games and losing games is all well and good, and that's uh, that's fine, as to be expected. Um, the situation that's a bit more unique is the managerial situation. We put out a, t- a poll on Twitter um, during the week. And in previous weeks, the first poll said, um, is it good enough in terms of transfer activity? Uh, and at the time, um, 90% said that it wasn't good enough and 10% said that it was. Uh, we've seen a bit more of our uh, permanent striker during the window. We haven't seen very much of the left-back signing breaker um, at press. Uh, and the second and two questions that we were asked were: Will the manager be here at the start of next season? Will Rafa Benitez be there? And also, will Rafa Benitez or could Rafa Benitez compromise with Mike Ashley? So let's let's take those things in isolation. Um, do you think that is he likely to be there at the start of
3: next season? I think, from a personal point of view, uh, Benitez taken over. I think it was was it with ten games to go. Uh, After McLaren was uh, was relieved, um, tried to save us from relegation uh, a couple of years ago, and think I'm right in saying we were unbeaten in the last seven games. So we didn't do a bad job really, especially with bringing someone like Mazel into the team, who was was never previously given a look in. uh, Unbeaten in six, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, unfortunately, it you know it couldn't be helped, and we were relegated. Like that, who was, you know, his last previous job before then was Real Madrid, who, yeah. you know, was used to managing the best of the best with the best investment. He was good enough to uh, try and get us back back to the Premier League uh, and managing the Championship, which uh, was obviously different for him, playing Saturday, Tuesday, etc. Managed to win the league, you know, come back at the, the first attempt, you know, not by the playoffs. We were the best team in that league. Yeah. And um, and then against all the odds last season, with almost zero investment, um, finishing tenth. So if I mean to be honest, if in my opinion, if we were to obviously I hope this doesn't happen, but even if we were to be relegated this season and, and Rafa was to leave, I, I couldn't think uh, think bad of the man. There's nothing but um, admiration for him. Oh. So. Uh, if he keeps us up and uh he doesn't get the promises I mean promises mean nothing anyway with more cash leave. if he was promised the earth he, he wouldn't get it next season so I, w- I wouldn't blame him for leaving oh. best case scenario we get someone take over preferably someone with lots of cash but that's the, the pressing thing you know I don't think you necessarily need to be a shake man so you just need to be have enough to take the reins at the club and then let the Premier League TV money do the rest really and at least uh, invest that so obviously we all want uh, Rafa Benitez to stay but you know it's uh, you you can't answer that question just yet but we all know he's going to have the decency to see the job through to the best of his ability at the end of the season and then if he keeps us up then he's done a he's done a grand job and in my opinion anything else then's a a bonus really
2: We obviously hope he does stay but uh, we we can't I've got crystal balls. We don't know whether he'll get uh, money to spend in the at the end of the season. Uh, it's all speculation. Ashley's track record hasn't been good, on their account. So we can only hope that he he, he, he he stays and uh, gets uh, money because there should be plenty of money. The the the, the Premier League TV deals now are astronomical, and uh, smaller clubs than us. Are, uh, are spending it, so we should be a little to... So ten, ten
1: games to go. Well, well, ten games just gone. So nine now. Do you think there's a sense of urgency that needs to present itself in terms of when? When do we need to know?
3: And, and how can we? I, I don't what think. Happened. I don't think him saying he's going to sign a contract to stay or doing so in the next few days would have any effect really on the outcome at the end of the season. Like I say, I think we're we're pretty much there safety-wise and I think it's... I'm of the opinion that we should just concentrate and channel all our energy as a team into getting results and ensuring our safety and finishing on as many points as possible. I'll show you 40 points, aren't we? We are. I I think we've got one of the more favourable run-ins compared to the other teams down there. I've seen enough this season to think we're well organised enough to not concede many goals between now and the end of the season and hopefully with the, the addition of Almiron and uh, with his uh, partnership he seems to be building with Perez and Rondon or it or, oh, wasn't as effective today I think we'll have enough to get uh, get enough points to, to stay up and uh, I think any contract talks then um, you know can be done at, the, at the, end of
0: the end of the season if there, if there is going to be any welcome back to the future and you're back with Jay this podcast is nearly an end but it's important to punctuate it with this point in the early hours of this morning Sunday March the 3rd Martin Hardy um reputable sports journal for the Sunday Times published an article online detailing an apparent declaration from sources relevant to Mike Ashley um It said Mike Ashley is no longer looking to sell after failing to see any realistic offer materialise since he put the club up for sale 17 months ago. Now, before we approach this, the use of realistic is an appropriate descriptor. Um, Let's go over how much of a shock this must come to us all. Um, Anyone with a shred of skin in the game at NUFC knows that Ashley isn't a willing seller. Um, We at the London Magpie Group and Ashley Out have come to trust little or less of what the man says. Um, I'd struggle to believe him if he told me water was wet. Um but on um on the December the third, London Magpie Group were at Parliament, um, the same day he announced the alleged takeover that quelled the proposed boycotts. And the timing of these things are always pretty odd, um, without going off all grassy knoll about it. Um but whether he is or isn't selling at this point isn't even the most pertinent part of this article really um, when we consider where we are now um, the questions that were asked on twitter and of the lads earlier about Rafa whether he will be here and if he and Ashley are capable of compromising with one another um, most said that the big question is about Rafa being here and whilst around a third said compromise is the big question Um so aside from the sale or not, um, the most important and relevant questions right now are those, and the most important and relevant quote right now in that article is about the hardening of a stance. The hardening of a stance. So Mike Ashley is going to harden a stance of buying emerging talent under 25, according to this article. Now this is the most pressing part right now, because What you are starting to see is a war of rhetoric being played out in the press and this will carry out on over the nine games we have left, likely. Nine games. Um, And there are managers out there performing far poorer, far poorer, who are more certain of their position and long-term prospects than a manager as highly decorated as we've had and have ever had at Newcastle. Uh, And as a club, we're prepared seemingly to jeopardise that. Um, So a justification of the Sports Direct method can win out. Um, Where it says cheap talent, where it says emerging talent, see cheap talent. Buy cheap, sell high. Does this sound familiar? It's the Sports Direct model. Um, The story here isn't the sale. Uh, Anyone half-awake already knows this it's the reaffirmation that the model is paramount a model proven to have failed just twice um, and now potentially at the expense of this manager and um, if, if this goes to the wire in terms of brinkmanship and um, forget Rafa's personality and, and likableness for a second um simply what he has achieved as a manager in the past and now um, if he goes walking into the sunset for the sake of this discredited policy then there is no bigger admission of a lack of ambition. Uh, full stop. Um, so no wonder the lads were coy with their answers because, quite frankly, um, it's it's not down to them to answer or provide the answers about what's in the best interest of the club or what's supposed to happen. We all know, we all know what should be happening, um, but there seems to be a really strong chance it won't maybe this is how it all is and politics is always present in this way at football clubs but it always seems much simpler at other clubs you say your man's the right man and you back him Uh, and with the club's money and the tv revenue as was alluded to earlier and there's no excuses this time not that make any sense in terms of a football club and this football club um i'm sure rafa has plans both for and without NUFC, Uh, it seems that type and um, we ourselves have had lots of interesting interactions both in public and private in contemplating what could happen this summer uh, and what it means for NUFC and our activities as as a protest group. Um, If you haven't already, check out our brief history video on the London Magpie Group YouTube channel. Um, I can assure you meetings and discussions have been taking place as recently as this week Uh, and we're going in place to place campaigns and actions in the pursuit of backing the team and holding the owner further to account right up until the end of the season and beyond. Um, If you haven't already, sign up with the Newcastle United Supporters Trust. Uh, I'm not so sure of the recent offer, but I signed up to a lifetime membership recently, personally, in the hope of greater fan representation. And um, as part of the London Magpie group, and we don't have the same aim as the NUST, as representing all fans, but we're hopefully inclusive in providing an outlet for voices and voices of shared sentiment. And, uh, and we hope to do more inclusive podcasts and interviews at games in the near future, similar to how we did at Spurs, similar to how we did at Chelsea. Um, so sign up to the mailing list uh, and find out about any action upcoming at uh, www.londonmagpiegroup.co.uk and check out the At London Magpies Twitter and Instagram handle as well as the London Magpie Group Facebook pages and they're great opportunities for you to have your input and uh, have your say Uh, and we're also hoping to uh, have a listener questions segment on this particular podcast so you can contact us via Uh, londonmagpietube at gmail.com that way Um, there's a lot of anger swelling about following what was a pretty routine game to be honest but this seems to have sparked something uh, certainly amongst social media recently and this seems like it's going to run and run until the end of the season with the short amount of games we have left so that's it from me for now, and from the London Magpie group and AshleyOut.com, so from me and the rest of the group, and from Bryn and from Alex, it's over and Ashley out. Bye for now.